Hi everybody, time for the digital marketing news this week. Jam-packed stuff this week like always. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Hi everybody, John Lincoln here. If you don't mind, please go ahead and leave us a quick five-star review on wherever you are listening to this podcast. We would really appreciate it. It keeps us motivated. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into today's content. And thank you. So first thing is, Microsoft is taking a crack at Facebook ads. What they've done is they've offered the ability for you to import your Facebook ads into the Microsoft audience network. So now you can import your single image ads, uh, your carousel and video ads are not yet supported. And keep in mind that you can also import uh, your Google ads into the Microsoft audience network as well, very easily. And um, in addition to that, Microsoft is also now offering video ad support. So they're, they're gonna be allowing you to run video ads in the Microsoft audience network also. And then they also release new metrics to campaign performance reports, such as views, cost per conversions, and video completion rate. So Microsoft expanding that network, little known network, not a big enough part of the marketing mix from what I've seen in many cases. Next thing, Pinterest is offering copyright protection to creators. So if you're a creator, you can log in to your Pinterest backend. You can find people who have taken your images, use your images, they don't have copyright. Uh, ability and then you're going to be able to ask them to remove that so really strong new copyright feature that Pinterest creators are going to be able to use for people who steal their uh, their information and their uh, intellectual property next thing reddit is getting in on the clubhouse clone game so poor clubhouse okay so clubhouse takes off if you look at the Google trends if you look at the trends for for clubhouse just takes off everybody's on it right everybody's on it and then right about here, everybody starts getting kind of burnt out. And right when they're getting burnt out, Twitter Spaces comes out, Facebook's version of Clubhouse, I think it's called Hotspot or something like that, comes out. And now um, Reddit uh, comes out with its own Clubhouse clone. And the Reddit clone is called Reddit Talk. It's currently in the early phases of the alpha testing there. But Reddit says, we're testing ways for hosts to customize the look and feel of Reddit talk through emojis and background colors. Redditors can change their avatar appearance to fit the talks as well. So it's just, you know, this new thing comes out, almost every top site that like created a competitor for it. And um, I don't know, things are not looking good for Clubhouse. Next thing, Google is delaying the release of the page experience update. So there's this big thing. We did a bunch of webinars on it. The core web vital update's gonna come out. It's gonna be a big deal. It is still, I, I believe, and if you did that work, good for you. You're probably ranking better than your competitors, but uh, Google's delaying the release of this. So it's gonna be mid-June instead of, instead of mid-May. Still pretty close though. So that Google update will be coming out soon. Also something comes out that says that countries with slow internet might hurt core web vital scores. So I thought that was kind of interesting. John Mueller com uh, confirmed that this last week. He said, it's a bad idea to block countries with slow internet connectivity from ac accessing your website though. And they also said, that's thinking that is laser focused on core web vitals and that's really, really risky, he said. So, so this could, these slower countries could hurt your scores, but also you shouldn't block them is what Google is saying. Next thing, WordPress may block Flock. So Flock, um, Google's Federated Learning of co Cohorts, which is their answer to cookies, right? So cookies, the cookie-less web, it's going away, or the, the cookie cookie web is going away. It's going to become the cookie-less web. And so their answer to it is Flock. And, 
you know, what happened is, is that DuckDuckGo came out and they said that they think flocks a really bad idea because, you know, you're just basically taking groups of people and then putting them into groups, but they still haven't opted into anything, right? So it's still kind of like a, an identifier, but it's not an, an, a consented identifier. Nobody's giving you consent to do that. So somebody at WordPress, one of their top engineers brought up this proposal that, hey, maybe we WordPress, the biggest content management system in the entire world should also block flock. Now, if that happened, this would basically make it so this doesn't work. So Google's big answer to this huge statement that they created that around cookies and privacy uh, is getting a lot of commotion right now. We'll have to see how it plays off. I would tell everybody right now, be building your email list. Build your own database, your own CRM, your own micro conversions that are not cookies and probably not push notifications either. Uh, but building up that big database so that you can make sure you're ahead of the game and in case there's major changes that happen here because of government regulations, you're not just spraying ads out, broad ads into space without any major return. Although, on that note, think about it, back in the day, they would just do broad ads to everybody. So I think we could still make that work if you have a good enough ad. Next thing, Google rolls out dynamic exclusion lists for advertisers. So basically, the story here is that with this dynamic exclusion list, you're going to be able to remove your site from any groups of odd places with odd content that you don't want to be associated with when you're advertising. So that's another story that came out. You can block sites condemned by third parties such as advocacy organizations or industry groups. All you need to do is upload the dynamic exclusion list to your Google Ads account. Next thing, Facebook has unveiled new audio tools. So uh, one of the new cool tools is called Soundbytes and it enables users to create short form audio clips. Think of it as like a Twitter with sound. And then of course there's Facebook Rooms and that's the company's answer to Clubhouse. It's not Facebook hot, I don't know where I got that from. It's Facebook Rooms, that's the company's answer to Clubhouse. Um, but Facebook will also enable users to transfer their room conversations into podcasts so that people can listen to them later. So maybe I should be doing the Ignite Visibility podcast interviews inside of Facebook Rooms, and then I can just turn that right into a podcast after that. That's uh, something that you could do or something that I could do. Next thing, Twitter begins testing professional profiles. So this is a pretty big deal. All of these different social sites generally have a professional version. Facebook's got the professional pages. Instagram has the professional pages. Now Twitter is launching professional profiles, which is a new way for brands to present themselves in the platform. Twitter says professional profiles are a new tool that will allow businesses, nonprofits, publishers, and creators, anyone who uses Twitter, who uses Twitter for work, to display specific information about their business directly on their profile. We're starting with a small pool of businesses in the US and we'll give more accounts access to professional profiles in the coming months. Be interested to see how that plays out. I wonder if I'll be transitioning to a professional profile. And then our last story is shorter in-mails outperform. So LinkedIn has something called LinkedIn in-mails. We're doing a webinar. I, I spent probably like four grand on the webinar doing LinkedIn in-mails. Probably got 150, 200, 250 to 200 people to sign up through that. What they're saying here is these LinkedIn in-mails, so these in-mails, these emails that are sent specifically through LinkedIn, perform better if they're shorter based off of this recent study. So the response rate for in-mails of 201 to 400 characters is 16% above the average rate. In other words, these shorter in-mails are 16% more likely to receive a response compared to average length in-mails. 
and the shortest in males, 400 characters or, or fewer, performed 41% better than the longest, more than 1,400 characters. So they're saying shorter works better, but frankly, uh, in the thing that I just did, the longer ones that I had written worked way, way better than the shorter ones. So it's all about the individual demographic and then the ad that you're pushing out there. Last thing this week, Angela Robert is our marketer of the week. She works with Project Harmony Child Protection Center and they are working to end child abuse. Couldn't think of a cooler, better organization that we would wanna make our marketer of the week. Awesome work, Angela. Really happy with everything you're doing there and wanna give you a big shout out. That's it for the digital marketing news this week. I hope you had an awesome one. I can't wait to see you next week. Uh, leave a comment. I like to always chat with you and hear about how you're going to be using this news in your digital marketing strategy going into the next week. I'll see you next time. Bye.